Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. We choose to go to the moon. I can't believe what's happening here. I got guns. I got And now, History Boulevard with John Oakley. It was on this date. In 1935, Babe Ruth hit his last home run. Let's recap a remarkable career and the significance therein and thereof. Joining us on the line, baseball historian and expert Jim Walker, a member of the Society for American Baseball Research and author of the book Red Barber, The Life and Legacy of a Broadcasting Legend. Jim, good to have you back with us. Good afternoon. It's a pleasure to be with you. So uh, Babe Ruth, on this date, uh, hit his last home run, his 714th dinger, and it almost stood for 40 years, that record, till Hank Aaron broke it. Uh, but it was in Pittsburgh at Forbes Field, and he really went out on a high note that afternoon, didn't he? He sure did. He was uh, four, or he had um, uh, four for four. He had three home runs. And the last one that he hit, according to the Baseball Hall of Fame, traveled 500 feet, cleared the right field roof by 50 feet. Um, It was an amazing blast and uh, probably one of the greatest of his incredible career. Well, you know, it's interesting when we talk about his home runs and the 714 and so on and so forth. uh, I don't know if history recounts that his first professional home run was actually hit here in Toronto in our backyard. Oh really? I did not know that. That yeah. is uh, that is amazing. Yeah, was it was he in uh, with the Baltimore uh, or uh, franchise at that point or uh, no? I was believe that what we he, do with Boston. I, I believe he was playing uh, in the minors. It was just a brief stint. It was at Hanlon's yeah. Point on the island. It was a ball diamond there. There used to be a ballpark over there. It's kind of reminiscent of Ebbets Field, uh, but uh, it went into the water. And I don't know if they ever recovered the ball. Yeah, because most people uh, assume that he was signed as a pitcher by the Orioles in 1914, and that kick-started his career. He was a a prodigious pitcher as well as hitter, kind of the Shohei Otani of his day, wasn't he? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, he could have been a Hall of Famer as a pitcher, uh, you know, unless he hurt his arm or something. Uh, He certainly was on that track. But he was so astronomically good as a hitter that uh, that they switched him and uh, decided that they could use him every day rather than once every four days. So he started out with Baltimore and then he went to Boston. Of course, uh, he made his bones and is iconically remembered as a, a member of the Yankees. Uh, how that all transpired is it's almost like a, a trivia answer. The guy who owned the Boston Red Sox wanted to finance a musical, so he sold him to the Yankees instead. How come he never pitched for the Yankees? Um, I think that they, the philosophy at that time was that, first of all, he was a very good outfielder, particularly when he was younger and uh, more physically fit. And uh, they really wanted to use him there. And I, they probably just were worried about risking hurting him uh, <clears throat> in, the, in the grind of a pitching uh, performance. And so they probably just thought he was simply too valuable to do that. And they had other people who could pitch. Right. The Boston, by the way, uh, that legacy was sort of shattered in 2004 when they finally won a World Series. But uh, for low 80 plus year, I guess it was the curse of the Bambino. How come he was nicknamed the Bambino? 
Um, well, you know, the, uh, the sort of Italian for babe, uh, you know, the young, uh, the young one. And so uh, the babe in the woods becomes uh, the Bambino. So I think that's where that nickname came from. Right. He was naive, I guess. And uh, when he was starting out as a 19 year old. Right. And, and you know, he had uh, lived in an orphanage. Uh, you know, he he was not uh, all that experienced in the ways of the world. Um, and, and certainly uh, I think uh, players tended to haze young players then and nickname them uh, pretty quickly. When you say not experienced in the ways of the world, when he got to New York City, that kind of changed. He was. Uh, like, oh, yeah. He had the appetite <laughs> to gain that experience. Absolutely. Yeah. A, a renowned bon vivant, could we call him? Yes. Yes, absolutely. I just wonder if he would have hit more than 714 if he hadn't like played late into the night, as it were. Well, you know, it's an interesting uh, myth about that. Yes, he declined uh, noticeably in his last year. He only uh, batted 92 times in that uh, last campaign of of, uh, 1935. Um, But even then, he actually, uh, uh, his on-base percentage and slugging was uh, 789, which is considered pretty good today. And what's amazing to me is looking up at age 39, the year before, his on-base and slugging was nearly a thousand. He would have been an all-star and someone who could contend, you know, for the most valuable player with that kind of statistic. Now, defensively, he wasn't that good. He had aged considerably, and his weight was a real uh, liability. But as a hitter, he really didn't decline uh, noticeably until that very last season, and he was hurt, and that's really why he uh, he decided to retire. Um, his legs were just not with him anymore, and he really couldn't play the outfield. And remember, there was no designated hitter, so if you couldn't play in the outfield, then really all you could do was pinch hit. And so that's really why he decided to retire. If, if he had been a little more physically uh, able that last year, who knows how much longer he could have gone, but he was a... He was a great player right up until that very last year. Again, Jim Walker's with us, member of the Society for American Baseball Research, author of the book, Red Barber, The Life and Legacy of a Broadcasting Legend. Talking about one of the great legends in baseball lore, that would be Babe Ruth, hit his last home run on this date in 1935. You know what you were just saying, uh, you know, the backdrop to uh, Babe's decline. I just wonder, are we comparing apples to apples, though? And uh, this is where it gets tricky. I mean, there have been different eras in baseball and different requirements and so on and so forth. I mean, back in his day, when he was jacking all of those uh, out of the park, was the ball livelier? I mean, we had uh, a dead ball era, a lively, livelier ball, were the stadiums, uh, you know, <laughs> configured differently? Uh, were there advantages or disadvantages? How do you see it? Oh, well, there's there's clearly uh, changes over time. A lot of the ballparks were a little bit smaller then, but he was such a strong hitter that I don't think that would have been a, a major factor in his uh, home run totals. Um, the fact that they played all day games uh, probably was something that helped. But I think the number one thing in trying to assess somebody as fantastic as Babe Ruth was uh, is simply what he didn't control, what he couldn't control, and that was he didn't get to play against the best baseball players in the world. Um, most importantly, of course, in the United States, African-Americans were uh, banned from baseball. And so he didn't play against a whole slew of fantastic players. Um, but then also remember, baseball is really an international sport now. There were very few Latin players in Major League Baseball at that time. Um, there were no uh, players from Asia. Um, they're there now. So um, he didn't get to play against the best baseball players in the world. He played against the best white baseball players in the United States, uh, and that was about it. And uh, and I think that's the one thing that 
that you just can't assess how great was he? Well, you don't really know. I mean, that's the thing that really changed in baseball. Now, other things come and go, the liveliness of the ball and so forth, but uh, the size dimensions of stadia. But uh, I think that uh, that the fact that he was, in that sense, uh, a victim of discrimination because uh, we never know, we can never know how great he really was. But he changed baseball, I guess, irrevocably. I mean, they call Yankee Stadium. They did anyway. I mean, I don't know. The refurbished one, is it still referred to as the house that Ruth built? Yeah, I think so. I think they carry that over. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, that was really significant at that time. I guess it was the jazz yep. age and everything like that. So uh, America coming into yep. its full flourish and uh, baseball was the preeminent sport. By the way, you got to clarify something for me. I, I don't know if this is mythology, but when he was pointing to the right field with his bat, uh, saying he was going to hit it out, and then he promptly did, uh, was he actually pointing there as a challenge and saying he was about to smack one out, or is that just uh, apocryphal? Well, that was uh, that was actually at a, at, uh, a, uh, a uh, World Series game uh, in Chicago. And, uh, you know, there's a tremendous debate about that, whether he was pointing or not. A uh, number of people say that he was simply gesturing because um, he was being uh, ridden by some of the bench jockeys on the Cubs during the World Series game. And so he was pointing, but he wasn't necessarily pointing at the stadium or the, at the fence, rather, but he was pointing at a player. Um, so the debate goes on and on. You know, there is some footage of that that simply shows him making some kind of gesture with his hand. But whether he's calling his shot or not, I, I don't think we'll ever really know the, the full truth of that. Well, uh, we'll leave it to mythology again, uh, so much surrounding the Babe, Babe Ruth on this well, date. That's, that, that's the great thing about Babe Ruth. The mythology is, is so wonderful, and, you know, even the truth is uh, pretty fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, and the two intersect in a lot of cases. Babe Ruth on this date hit his last home run, 714th, and uh, it was in 1948 he died from throat cancer. A remarkable career. Recapped very, very nicely by Jim Walker, member of the Society for American Baseball Research and author of the book Red Barber, The Life and Legacy of a Broadcasting Legend. How's the book going, by the way? Uh, it's doing very well. We received some really nice recognition. We were a finalist for uh, two major book awards, and we received a uh, research award from the Society for American Baseball Research. So we're extremely pleased with the reception we received. Great to hear. Uh, I appreciate you joining us this afternoon, Jim. Uh, thank you so much for having me. You got it. Listen to The John Oakley Show live each weekday afternoon from 3 until 6. If you live in the Toronto area, just turn that AM dial to 640 and listen anywhere on Earth 24 hours a day by going to 640toronto.com. Follow on Twitter at AM640Oakley. You've been listening to A Curious Cast. New podcasts and shows are debuting all the time. So check back often to see what's new in the Curious Cast Library.